Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Big stories. Big guests. The big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Bugliotti's ordeal is, of course, the talk of his hometown, Whistler, British Columbia. Ross Rebliati's snowboarding friends in Whistler, B.C. are standing behind him tonight in his time of crisis. It was a pretty big deal 20 years ago, if you recall, uh, Ross Rebliati. Uh, repping uh, the Canadian Maple Leaf, wins gold in snowboarding uh, at the Nagano Winter Olympics, only to have that gold medal stripped after testing positive for THC. That, oh my goodness, this guy used marijuana. Uh, But wait a second, nobody was arguing that marijuana was a performance-enhancing drug. It's not like he was using steroids. It was just bad. You're not supposed to do that. So they stripped his medal. In fact, he was uh, arrested and, and processed in Nagano um, before he was finally released and his medal ultimately returned to him. So it was quite an ordeal, but he walked away from it, I guess, as still an Olympic gold medalist, but very much became uh, a celebrity. I, I think one of the first interviews he did upon returning to North America was uh, an interview with Jay Leno on The Tonight Show. Uh, it was a big deal. And it was really unnecessary. So what if he smoked some marijuana? Didn't stop him from excelling in his sport. Uh, but it certainly did speak to, to the stigma uh, around cannabis use. So 20 years later, Canada has now legalized cannabis. And Ross Revliati, over these 20 years, has remained an advocate and an activist on this issue. So joining us to talk about the significance of legalization uh, is the aforementioned Ross Rebliati, RossRebliati.com, also LegacyBrands.ca. Ross, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. My pleasure. Yeah, good to be here, that's for sure. It's a significant day, isn't it? It very much is. Uh, For Canada, for the world, for G7 countries um, who are looking at what we're doing here, precedent setting um, in the realm of... um, you know, developed countries. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes right now that we don't even know. But um, it's it's a big day for for Canadians and for cannabis act, uh, act, activists um, around the world that Canada's gone in this direction. And um, people are just happy to be able to conform to the law. Mm-hmm. And the law of the land is, you know, for Canadians is important. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not an outlaw anymore. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, 20 years ago, when you went through everything you went through, it didn't seem like legalization would ever happen. I mean, obviously people were using, but it just seemed like such a political non-starter. I mean, so much has changed, hasn't it? I mean, it's yeah, it's been controversial, but the fact that it happened, I mean, didn't seem like it, it ever would. 
No, and I think the lack of the internet during most of the years of prohibition was the main contributor to prohibition itself, um, the lack of information. Uh, the government was able to put a veil of secrecy over the truth um, because of that, because of the, the information was hard to get. And now with the internet um, and the science behind it and, and the you know reports being published on the internet, um, the cat is out of the bag and an ideological standpoint just is not acceptable anymore. I mean, as far as we've come, if you had been competing at the 2018 Olympics as opposed to the 1998 Olympics, do you think your whole experience would have been different or is still the, the stigma, does it still exist when it comes to, to international sports? Well, it's an interesting question. I, I, I'd like to think that if I was competing in 2018 instead of 20, or 1998, that we may still be in 1998 mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've contributed to the movement. Um, I've been doing interviews in support of cannabis for the for 20 years now, and um, I've seen a shift over the these years, two decades, slowly, interview by interview. Um, the questions changing, um, the attitudes changing, and and so forth, and and having much more meaningful conversations about cannabis and the benefits of cannabis as opposed to, you know, why would an athlete, you know, want to do that to themselves? And now, of course, you know, we know why. And, um, you know, cannabis has many elements to it and components that can be extracted and separated from each other that have very different effects and and, um, are now available for people and athletes, in Canada to to uh, use in a healthy way and and for it to for Canada cannabis to be part of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, and, and it's it's such an interesting point because you know with the stigma comes the stereotype, and you know twenty years ago you kind of became the the poster boy for cannabis use, and a lot of people wanted to kind of paint you as the stoner without realizing the irony in that 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 you were competing in international sports at an elite level you had just won a gold medal in your sport uh you know that that doesn't exactly jive with the stereotype of of the lazy stoner does it no and i i latched onto that concept too back in the day um in that you know i tested positive for thc at the olympics after i won a gold medal i mean to me that was like the perfect storm to bring cannabis out of the shadows and and the dark alleyways, if you will, and and really enlighten people as to who's using cannabis. And, you know, 98 for me wasn't like, you know, I I started using cannabis in the late 80s when I was in high school. And um, by the time 98 came, I had been using cannabis for the better part of a decade by that point. And elite athletes around the world also and i was in contact with many of those athletes and over the the years of different olympic events that i've been to charity events and whatnot i've had high level olympians from also summer sports um, confide in me that they've been using cannabis for years and years for recovery and for sleep aid and for a multitude of reasons and and that they wish me luck in my you know quest to sort of bring cannabis forward to to the masses and in a positive light instead of the the stereotype that the government was pushing on us as you know they like to call cannabis the gateway drug you know to all the the worst things in life and um 
it's really become the exit drug now. Um, people are using cannabis to, to quit drinking, to quit smoking cigarettes, to get off of opiates, to get off of a whole multitude of um, pharmaceuticals with horrible side effects, and to be able to grow a, a simple plant in their backyard. Now, as of today, we're allowed to grow four plants each, and, you know, Legacy, our, our, our company has... Um, a two-plant kit coming out with grow tents and all kinds of things that you need to grow your own medicine at home. And, um, you know, this is really going to change, you know, not just the way Canadians look at cannabis, but the way the world looks at Canada, being the first of, uh, of the G7 countries to go down this road. I think that, you know, along with the, you know, medicinal benefits and social benefits, uh, benefits that will come with cannabis we're looking at the next trillion dollar industry here people i mean this is something that you cannot turn away from uh we've just gone through a major recession in 08 we're barely coming out of it now um job opportunities economic benefits for communities um first nations are are seeing an opportunity here that you know hasn't come their way and and since the history of in the history of Canada. So this is really going to benefit people down at a community level. People are going to be able to derive taxes. Municipalities are going to... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Be able to use taxes generated for this for schools and roads and helping people in all different ways. And, you know, it's going to trickle down. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited and, and proud to be in the cannabis industry today. Yeah, it's interesting. And you mentioned opioids, and obviously we're, we're in the midst of this opioid crisis, and a lot of it stems from the, the use and overuse of, of painkillers. And, and that's really relevant for athletes and that dilemma they face in having to deal with injury, try to cope with those injuries, get back to training. And a lot of them fall into that, that spiral of, of uh, becoming dependent on these, these kinds of powerful painkillers. Is this why, from your experience, a lot of athletes are, are looking at cannabis as an alternative because they, they don't want to be messing around with those painkillers 100 percent. and athletes are looking at cannabis not only as a painkiller but as a sleep aid for jet lag um athletes who who are on world cup circuits um travel through different time zones all year long and um use different sleep aids that are also habit forming um there is a multitude of a list like a mile long list of of benefits um that athletes are are seeing uh, from cannabis and just people in general. I mean, athletes are are basically our our race cars of of people. And so when you see Honda, you know, build a Formula One car that wins races, you know that Honda Civic's got something good inside it, right? So when our athletes are using cannabis, that's a, a beacon for the rest of the population to realize, like, look, these people are using cannabis for performance enhancing purposes and you know, maybe it's high time everybody take a, a second look at it. And um, here we are, you know, 10, 17, 18, legalization, um, 90 years of prohibition in Canada approximately. And, um, 
you know, now now it's just a matter of moving forward and creating, you know, better laws around cannabis. I mean, the governments have done their best, but um, to be fair, they, they weren't experts on cannabis and, you know, never will be. But as we move forward, we'll be able to introduce more and more people with a background in cannabis into politics who understand the, the you know, the different dynamics of it until cannabis is freely available and, and readily available to, to people at a price point. And if people, we, we would love to see in the future, you know, people have the opportunity to produce cannabis and sell like a craft beer company might, you know, create a certain demand for their particular beer. And, and just like in, in, in beer, cannabis has its proprietary growing techniques and different levels of quality and, um, you know, if you feel like you have a, a good technique and you can put that to market and people want to buy it, you should be allowed to do that. And so there's going to be a lot of changes moving forward. It's not a perfect system rolling out um, off the bat, but, you know, it's a great start. And, um, you know, the, it's something we can work with. In terms of, um, you know, the uh, World Anti-Doping Agency, obviously professional sports leagues have different approaches. The NHL doesn't test for it. They just kind of turn a blind eye to it. The NFL, for example, they'll suspend athletes for a positive test. But, I mean, even for you 20 years ago, they, they took away your medal. They even put you in jail briefly. But then you ended up getting it back. So, I mean, how is cannabis dealt with by, by these, these uh, international sporting agencies? Well, the World Anti-Doping Association, WADA, has accepted CBD and that they've taken CBD off the list of banned substances. And that's the um, governing body of the Olympics that yeah. determines what their list of banned substances are. So with that in mind, um, athletes now will be allowed to, to use CBD, however they, they, they see fit. And, um, you know, that will open the conversation up as you know, to the greater good of, of cannabis. And, and, you know, to be fair, I mean, if athletes are allowed to consume alcohol and cigarettes, I mean, they should be allowed to use a, a product that's healthy as well. And that would be cannabis. And so, you know, that's, that's something that, that we're looking at, you know, in Rio at the, the summer Olympics in Rio, they weren't testing for cannabis at that one. And, you know, in 2020 in Japan, you know, there's another, Winter Olympics coming there, and Japan has recently allowed CBD um, to be sold freely, uh, uh, you know, in in Japan. So we're looking at that market as well. So, you know, this is really sweeping the the world. And you know, the, like I said before, we're the first G7 country to do this uh, at this level. And I think what we're going to realizes other countries in G7, you know, following suit and participating in the economic and social benefits. Indeed. Well, Ross, we'll leave it there. Much more at uh, rossrebliati.com, legacybrands.ca. It's been great talking to you here today. Thanks so much for making some time for us. My pleasure. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.